0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello. Hello, and welcome to Gigabit Nation. I'm your host Craig Settles, and we are here to help public, private, and non-profit organizations get broadband everywhere it needs to be. Um, there's a reason that uh, many of the people. Uh, Communities that are building these um, broadband infrastructures and networks uh, are trying to address economic development. But I also feel that as um, telemedicine and online healthcare delivery starts to take off, there will be a shift in focus for what communities want to do or what they want their broadband infrastructure to accomplish. Um, I heard about uh, this product called Music Love at a broadband conference when a friend of mine heard about my uh, stroke and suggested I should uh, check it out. Uh, The more that I learned about the software uh, and the company, the more I felt that this type of healthcare-related technology is an example, a very excellent example of what broadband can facilitate. So I have here on the show, Dr. Nizan Friedman, PhD, who um, will talk about the device and how it helps people deal with uh, rehab after a stroke, and uh, and talk about the particulars of the uh, technology. That his company is pursuing and why it's going to make a big impact in both rural and um, urban communities. Dr. Freeman, welcome to the show.
2: Great for having me on on board here.
1: And you also have Dan with you as well.
2: Yes, that's correct. So we we also have uh, the other co founder of Flint Rehabilitation Devices, Dr. Dan Zondervan, here. And he is the vice president of the company and handles a lot of the technology that is being developed for uh, rehabilitation technology.
1: Hey, Greg. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being on board. I mean, I'm very excited about um, your company, and that's why we've taken, you know, some time. But I've also talked to um, Dr. Friedman in the past for an article I wrote uh, tying together the um, the intersect between tele- 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 telemedicine, uh, online healthcare, and broadband, um, and particularly when we're having these communities that are um, building these new and sometimes expensive uh, infrastructures, but they're doing it with a very good reason. So let's start with... Um, with an overview of what your company does, and then also kind of segue to the the music love. Sure,
2: sounds good. So basically, our focus is on delivering technology that can empower both the patient and the therapist. And basically, the the uh, the the big issue is that stroke is the leading cause of adult disability in the U.S. and the developing world, and there's around 700,000 people that have a stroke each year, and they these people, they have a stroke, and they're rushed to the hospital, and they have, uh, for about two weeks, they have a team of physicians, nurses, and therapists helping them recover, but unfortunately, after that, they have to go home, and they're only able to see a therapist about once or twice a week thereafter, and uh, the rest of the time, they're basically at home, and there's not a lot of technology to help them recover. And most typically what happens is after each therapy session, the therapist will write them a few exercises to do and ask them to do that repetitively at home uh, day over day. And when they come back, the therapist asks the patient, how well did you do? And the therapist, and, and the patient will always say, I did, I did really well. Um, where in reality they didn't do anything. There's very low compliance to those type of programs. The patient is not recovering. The therapist has no idea if the patient's actually doing the therapy or not. And ultimately, the person that that's really um, losing out here is, is the patient. So what what our what our company's mission is really to to develop these engaging tools that are not only clinically effective but will that will motivate the patient to do the therapy day in and day out. And to
1: actually improve, and I will definitely attest to the fact that um probably one of the biggest troubles that 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 people that have dealt dealt with a stroke is the routine of um of of the rehab process. I was lucky I had people coming to my 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 house, but I could easily see where You know, uh, trying to maintain that regimen of exercise is necessary, but it's like the hardest thing to do. Now, it's 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 largely the um, the interface really that that is the the key to making the um, music love do what it does. Because, and I'll let you explain your interface. Sure. Yeah.
2: So you're absolutely right. I mean, the the current interface, if you will, or for, for at home rehab, is a piece of paper, uh, and it's just not motivating at all. And, and so what we have done is we've changed that interface to be computer based. Uh, and and we so essentially what we've done is created a sensorized glove that you put on your hand, and the sensorized glove connects to a computer, either a tablet or your desktop computer, and what you're doing is you're making specific movements that are prescribed by a music-based therapy game. Uh, so the, the therapy-based uh, game will have music playing, and there'll be notes scrolling down the screen, sort of similar to Guitar Hero, uh, and, and basically you need to, you need to make a specific grip that corresponds with each note that, that's coming down the screen. Now, the nice thing about this is that the patient is getting a lot of different types of uh, stimuli. They're they're getting the visual stimuli of the notes coming down. They're getting the auditory stimuli uh, where they're listening to the song, and the song is augmented whether, by whether or not they hit the note correctly. There's also visual feedback on whether or not they've hit the note early or late and so forth. And in addition to that, they're also uh, receiving quantitative feedback at the end of each song, if you will, where they receive uh, feedback that tells them on how well how well they perform uh, in the task at hand. And ultimately what that means is more motivation for the patient to not only continue doing the regimen day in and day out, but motivation to try their hardest to complete each regimen and each therapy session.
1: Yes, and um and i would have to say that um you know I, I realize i'm giving this endorsement i normally don't talk about products um on the show but um i will definitely say that it 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 it, it um delivers as advertised um and i find it very interesting um the engagement uh, the entertainment aspect of it because I think that when people are dealing with um, technology and they're dealing with, you know, broadband and, and and things that are related to that, we keep a very uh, structured approach or mindset. And you guys have worked from the perspective of we need to make this entertaining and the results will come out down the line. But the key thing is by making it engaging and also providing, like, the motivation of seeing your results as you do this, it makes a big difference in the eventual outcome. Is is that pretty much a a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's exactly right. So so this is Dan here. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I think – what you're talking about sort of gets to the heart of the issue where when it comes to specifically, you know, motor rehabilitation after stroke, which is what the music club is geared toward for the hand, we we know what the patient needs to do scientifically. There's been plenty of studies that show recovery is possible, but it requires, you know, hundreds of thousands of repetitions every day. And when you think about what that actually means pragmatically, that means that you have to, for example, let's say you want to get better at um, picking up a pen with your finger. If mm-hmm. you know, before Music Love, what you had to do was set a pen in front of you and practice picking it up, literally 500 to 1,000 times every day for for about a month. And it's you know that if that sounds daunting, it's because it certainly is, and that and it would be very difficult for anybody to maintain motivation to do that. Um, and so I think we came at an interesting time when we when we started son and I we we met in, in graduate school working on our PhDs and. We're working on technology for uh, stroke rehabilitation, so tools for, for stroke rehabilitation, and we came at an interesting time where there's so much technology out there, and, and you know you've been mentioning broadband and, and just the way that everything can be connected. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to hopefully make that better, but what we saw is that what a lot of people did is they is they got the sensing component down, right? So we have a device like this. There's there's other things kind of like that, but then what do you do with that information? And a lot of times, it's just maybe people thought, oh, maybe a game would be fun, maybe something like this would be fun, but it was very kind of slapped together. Um, And I mean, at least to to speak for myself, I I grew up, um, you know, in the era, the golden age of video games, playing, you know, everything that came out on every different console. And so I think um, we could go to it and say, you know, we know what the difference is between a good video game and and a bad video game. We know what what it is that actually makes something fun and makes people want to go back to it. Um, and part of that is understanding that, you know, as a rehabilitation tool, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. So Guitar Hero is, I think, the third most popular video game franchise of all time. So it's already been a tested model that is really successful just to be able to engage with music while you're doing something um, with an interactive device. And so we were able to focus on that and develop what we think is, a, is an excellent, high-quality um, platform, this, this music-based therapy game. Uh, that really motivates people. And it's, it's definitely encouraging to hear that. That's been your experience. I, every time we've done this, and, and a big reason why we, you know, started the company is, is that we saw people really responded to it. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely been an encouraging thing, and I think you're exactly right. We know what they need to do, but the trick was finding the thing that actually motivates them to do it. And music definitely seems to be a, a huge um, benefactor towards that end. hmm
1: And I think for, uh, you know, for the audience, um you know, I talk a lot about um, you need to look at the solutions that broadband enables, right, as opposed to going to a bunch of people, bankers and investors and the community in general, and say, well, we want to build this network because we want to be like Chattanooga. We want to have the fastest um, speeds of the the known universe and all this type of stuff and we get wrapped into this feeds and speeds kind of thing and what really needs to happen is that people need to look at what are you going to use the the product for? What are you going to do with the network? And if we say to people um you know, you've got a lot of people. Say you're in a rural area, you've got a aging demographic. Um, uh, they're they're going to be susceptible for things such as strokes and so forth. What if we can bring to those people technology that makes their uh, ability to deal with, to recover from, the uh injury or uh the condition or whatever um wouldn't that be worthwhile to invest to make the solution happen and what you guys are doing are pr- pr- um enabling people to get better and that's a very potent um Uh, money for getting money for for these kinds of things, but also getting the support of the community involved. And um, I would say that if we get people doing more types of um, applications such as you guys are doing, um, we could change... The uh, both the the perception and the adoption of telemedicine um, in a number of areas, not just uh, for for the rehab stuff, but just getting people to to take their medicine on a regular basis, uh, let them uh, perform you know better wellness types of a- activities. That um, I mean, I, you, know, you guys can tell me, but. I'm assuming that there's a lot of things that you can see, you know, as you watch and develop your, your, your uh applications, you're seeing the possibilities for just various ways of impacting health situations. Yes? Yes,
2: that that is absolutely correct. And and kind of at the heart of what what you're stating is that we don't want to develop Applications with cool technology, just because it's cool you know there's cool technology there we we really want to focus on what is it that technology can bring as a tool for delivering effective revocation and and really what what we've found is that the internet is really an amazing medium for delivering content and and for in in delivering um education and so forth. And so, one uh, one approach that we took is to develop basically a full-based, a full uh, full-body full web-based uh, rehabilitation regimen uh, for people with stroke. And and essentially, this product is called FlintFit. You can log into FlintFit.com and just check it out. And essentially, what it is is you have licensed therapists that are working dire- directly with you on a, on a video, much like P90X, where you're following uh, a, a certain exercise. Here you're following a rehabilitation regimen, and you can select between the different uh, types of uh, um, uh, graded difficulty levels, and if you would like to work on your arm versus your leg, you can do that. And you can work it in conjunction with a the therapist here, where the therapist will prescribe the regimen, the weekly regimen for you, and then you can go home and and do the therapy and, at your own will. Uh, I, I think one one of the largest issues with tele- telemedicine is is the issue of how how do we have a get into a situation where one therapist can work with thousands of people, and and if, if you're just doing video conferences, you you're really not solving the, the problem. And and the big problem is not the the patient getting to the hospital, and that may be the problem in rural, rural settings, but the overarching problem is that there's just not enough therapists to go around and therapist time is expensive. So the I think when, when we're talking about technology, you need to figure out a way to use it uh in a way that uh is appropriate and, and really can can help uh the caregivers and the physicians provide uh to, to provide better therapy.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, if I extrapolate, extrapolate um, you can use that thinking to address uh, any number of health related um, activity that you're trying to get out of people that they may not. Necessarily want to do. I mean, no one really likes to do repetition and repetitious act, activity, especially um, when they have you know to work or the, you know it's just you know you just don't have that kind of time. Um, but you can do similar kinds of things like uh, with 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 re, uh, stroke we have for people who have dealt dealt with uh, a heart attack, who have dealt with hip replacement. Um, you know, you start to look at the this sort of this realm of possibilities and um and if you're a, a um broadband team that's responsible for building the network but also making sure that people are uh being you know are using the um Uh, the network Being able to say you know what we've got you know this application or this series of applications That allows you know everybody who's involved with anything kind of health issues can get better help and Personalized help in their home and it just like changes the way that you market these networks once you get the these things built know, I mean, that's how I would look at it. Yeah, I mean you're you're
0: exactly right, and and that's really our our hope for it. So when we built out uh, FlintFit, we we decided to start with a stroke recovery program um, because you know our our first product was Music Love, and so that was very much kind of where our expertise. But when we were building the platform, we we tried as much as we could to keep that in mind that um, once you have the platform, it really can go can, can be used to deliver a wide variety of, of different content. Um, and so the nice thing about the print model is that we we can be responsible for the platform, and then we can go out and find experts in the different things, uh, in the different content that we want to put on it. So if we want to, as you mentioned, you have somebody with heart attack, or um, a, another huge problem is um, is diabetes, and, and staying on um, you know on schedule with your medications, and even just learning about what foods should I eat, what foods should I not eat. And we can work with physicians and develop really engaging um, video programs, video education programs. It almost becomes an an Internet school where you can either be doing, you know, go to gym class or you can go to, you know, home ec class or you can go to biology class. And you can get all this stuff delivered to you in your home in a a very, you know, motivating and engaging way. And there's another aspect of Internet. Not only can we do the content delivery, But we can also create a community. And that's another part of this that I want to make sure we cover. Um, With Splinter, what we've done is we've added a forum where people can discuss the content and their progress through it. So, you know, you you talk about motivation and definitely engaging somebody in a process is motivating, but also to not be doing it alone, to have other people coming along with you, I think it can be incredibly motivating. Um, And so, again, you know, maybe going back to that school model, you you can either just go to school and and sit in a class by yourself, or you can go and be on that on a team and 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 work through things. Um, so yeah, we we're really excited about all these um, possibilities that the internet gives us, and uh, I mean it's really kind of a, an open landscape uh, now that the platform's been developed. So we're we're very excited.
1: Right, uh, well, well, you should be. <laughs> it's um, you know it's very. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I have to go ahead. No, no, I was disagreeing. Oh, so so one of the things that. Um, you know i was I was at a conference it must have been eight nine years ago and they were just starting to talk about these kinds of things right and at the time you had uh um regulations to deal with you had you know mo- most of it, you had the, the limitation on the technology right because we're talking what ten years is like a lifetime in any other industry. Um, you know the the, the 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 speeds, the the the, the reliability and so forth. Um, you know it, it was it was definitely daunting to get you know to, to sort of envision these kinds of things uh, ten years ago. Now we seem to have um, the the uh, the tools at our beck and call that have better speeds, better reliability. I mean, I think, and in fact, when I look at um, Chattanooga, right, because they're really pushing the envelope um, of what you can do with a really super fast network, um, you know, having health-related issues addressed is just a big, uh, big part of that. And you, because you have a distance, it's dist- an issue of distance, and you have, meaning the you know, when you start to lo- go into small towns, rural towns, uh, you know, you can really have a mile between houses. And so, um, you know, so the distance factor and then the uh, just the, the number of exports. You know, relative to the size of the population, there's always going to be, um, uh, you know, more demand than than we can meet, and so this ability to again use the network to pull those things together is um, is, is key. What what's been the level of receptivity among? Well, I can see where like call we'll call um, the you know Reese have facilities would understand this and then so forth but what about the actual doctors you know and will they recommend this kind of um technology uh or are they going to be like so many doctors I hear about that are too or they're very much afraid of technology and so they don't recommend it they don't even engage in in it in some way
0: yeah I mean that's that's definitely um, a concern, but the the nice thing about the, the approach that we've taken is that the uh, clinicians, uh, be they physicians or, you know, physical or occupational therapists, they're actually very much stakeholders in this. I mean, they they ultimately want the patients to have um, the best outcomes possible. And if you can show them that the technology does that, then, then they're on board. Um, I think a lot of times the, the difficulty is that the developers will go off and they'll develop something and then they'll try and bring it and say, you know, trust us, use this, it's, it's going to help. Um, and what we tried to do, and, and frankly what we had to do, is we actually went to the physicians and we went to the therapists, and we asked them to create the content for us. So, for example, on the the program, I know I keep going back to that, but um, uh, I think it's a great example of this. Uh, the videos on it are developed by actual physical and occupational therapists.
1: So mm-hmm. they were the
0: ones that wa- that wanted they wanted a way to use technology to deliver their message to more people. Um and it was really just a matter of once we found those connections, they we, we just kinda had to step back and, and let them go with it. Um so we you know we gave them a platform to, to do it from.
2: Yeah, and, and I also do want to add here that I don't think there's any replacement for the human touch. For for a therapist to be able to work one on one with a patient. I, I really just do not think that there's a replacement for that. And there shouldn't be a replacement for that, but the the reality is that the therapist and the doctors they get fifteen minutes they get one hour with the patient, and the rest of the time the patients are at home um so it's It's less about uh, trying to find uh some way to replace the the physicians and and more about trying to find a way to use the time that the patients have at home in a, in a more purposeful way. Uh, and and ultimately, this feeds back to the physician because they can then see uh, based based on the uh, progress and performance, they actually can see how well they've done, and then they can use that 15 minutes to an hour more meaningfully. They can see exactly how much the person's improved. They can see where their weak areas are and where and where their strengths are, and then they can use that as data for for a more meaningful session
1: right and and you know from my in my experiment, experience um you know there's uh there's a point where you transli- you transition from uh the the therapist where you are better but you still have a lot of work to do to you know call it fine tuning if you will um and that's a big thing as well right because insurance companies will you know let the therapist come in for you know a certain amount of time but at the end they're kind of like well if if the person is is better um we're gonna stop paying for the therapist and really? uh so it's not even just like can you get the time um because it's 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 about you know the way that that the health is managed you know you have on the one hand there's a there's a um a drive to shorten the time that you've got to reimburse these folks if you're talking about the insurance company perspective and and you know versus the you know i being a patient saying well you know i really want to have that therapist here for longer and um you know and so the technology is you know definitely not replacing um i think people need to understand that you know this recovery process for both um you know for strokes for heart attacks for a number of issues issues um is really long term and you know as i've been using the 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 music glove you know i can See it being useful, you know, down the road. But, you know, at some point, I'm a heart. I hope to be able to play piano again, and um, you know, it's like one of those quality of life issues. Uh, and I can see, you know, keeping engaged uh, as as a result of of um, you know this technology. Or if I ever you know play soccer again and I get hurt again, you know, well, being able to work with that device for, you know, for a week or two, you know, a time to to re- to recover from a like a sprained wrist or whatever. Um, you know, I just you know, there's just so many ways uh that we can use the technology, especially if the, the if the design is appropriate, which is again coming back to, you know, you have an entertainment focus and that's the part that gets people uh engaged. I might want to have a question about some of the songs there cuz they're a little uh mellow uh for my taste. For at least for now. Um but uh you know, overall though, I think that the idea is good. Now, you started um with just a tablet and software. How did the evolution um because I saw like one of the, earl- the like the earlier pictures of of the device it was a little bit different than what it looks like now.
2: <laughs> yeah. So to to respond to the uh, the number of prototypes that we've gone through, it's it's been uh, <laughs> uh, yeah we're we're looking probably at a hundred or two hundred different you know versions of, of the music club. But the uh, you know the the most recent version that we just launched actually is uh, we included a, a downloadable version that that will work on your your uh, you know, computer, uh, your Macro PC. And the reason we did that is because we wanted to offer uh, more options for for the patient. We wanted to offer different price points. Uh, and, and that way, you know, if the patient uh, isn't very uh, computer literate, you know, our average population is 70, around 65 to 70 years of age. If they're not very computer literate, then they can, try out just the tablet version, which is essentially a locked-down tablet. There's nothing else on that tablet except for the Music Glove software. And so the patient simply plugs in the Music Glove device, turns on the tablet, and they're ready to go. Uh, there, there's really nothing else that they need to do. And if they are more a little bit more computer literate, now that they can, they can uh, try out just the downloadable version and just plug the Music Glove straight into their computer. So we we really offer those two options as a way to, um, yeah, offer different price points and offer a little bit more variability in in how they would like to use this product.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, one of the um, issues uh, in our industry, the broadband industry, um, is you've got a large amount of effort in the, you know, Funding and the building out of the network, right and we talked about that, and how the the end result is something highly fundable um but the other part of what our dilemma is is getting the adoptions uh rate to go up, and um we are getting better, but I would think that um you know as you you know as you shift from building the network to, like, selling subscriptions on the network, you would try to get as many types of applications that take your philosophy, whether we're going to deal with um, digital literacy, whether we're going to talk about career change, if we want to, you know, use the network not only to get, like, find a job, but people that are in a job want to find a new, a new um profession and so forth, that you drive this by some combination of entertainment, self-motivation, and group motivation. And those three things seem to be like whatever your plan should be for broadband adoption is if you talk, if you take those three things that should drive, you know, the applications that embody those three things should drive the overall adoption of the network. I'd like to know what you guys think about that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I I agree with that. And then I I would also like to add one more facet, which is the ability for uh, using the Internet as a medium to tell people about the product that you're actually trying to sell, um, and and I think that uh, it's it's often overlooked, but in the in the rehab, uh, specific in the rehab space, traditionally the way that people were informed about information uh, was through the clinician, and 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 really the only way the clinician would know is if a large distributor came to their uh, clinic and talked about the product. Whereas now, with the advent of uh, different online advertising mediums, you can contact the direct the the physicians directly, you can contact the therapist directly, and the patients directly using things like Google, AdWords, and Facebook. And and that completely changes the game because now people are exposed to things. Uh, that they would have never seen before um and and really you're you're taking out some of the gatekeepers there, like the large distributors mm-hmm. and and really just showing people things that are very pertinent pertinent to them uh and and I think that that's extremely valuable, especially i mean if you're talking about in a rural area there's just no way that they that these people would otherwise see this type of technology. Uh, you might see it, you know, in in you know a very affluent city, but you're not going to see it in you know in an area where, where the population a hundred. Uh, and, and so, with with that being said, you you have you now have the ability to reach people, and you have the ability to to reach people who are specifically looking for the product you have to sell them. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense and i think that the um the ability to connect with other people is another factor as well because um you know i was lucky in that i, I live in, in alameda i'm i'm close to a lot of people that i that i hang out with and stuff and so they could provide um you know motivation and stuff, and how you doing your stuff and the your re- re- rehab stuff all that but um in the smaller towns uh and in the rural areas, the community when you can layer a some sort of active uh community involvement online that also helps the acceptance, and the use of your technology, I would assume.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely that's definitely true. I mean, isolation after an event like a stroke is, is one of the biggest risks because, you know, it's just been a, a pretty big major life event, and a lot of the people that might be around you might not be familiar with all of the, the upcoming changes or things like that. And might, there, there's not necessarily a lot of TV resources for finding other people that have, have been through something similar. So, um, yeah, I think just having that ability to connect with people. And it's it, it's good to hear you say, I think that earlier when the, um, you know, broadband was just becoming a little bit more accepted and, and the Internet was kind of growing, people looked at, at interactions online as, um, I, I think, maybe with a, a small amount of skepticism or maybe a large amount of skepticism saying that, you know, it's it's impersonal, you're not actually connecting with with this individual. But I think what we've realized as time has gone on, and and also technology has become more sophisticated, so now we can do things like video chat or have live communication um, or share videos and share pictures and things like that. Uh, I mean, at the other end of, of that Internet connection is another human being who is in the exact same situation that you are looking for someone to connect to. So you know whether you're talking to them over the phone or you're talking to them over the internet, you're still having a personal connection with with another person, and I think that um, that that is really powerful. And I think that uh, as time goes on, people will hopefully become less skeptical of that and, and recognize it as um, the motivating and, and important tool that it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Indeed. And indeed, um, it's interesting. One of the one of the uh, one of the guests uh, for the show is talking about um you know engaging those people who are uh, caregivers givers right um using things such as uh your 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 churches uh, the schools mm-hmm. um uh you know as a way to 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 reach out you know sort of bring them all together You know, again, I've done a series of uh, interviews for a report I'm working on on the role of the libraries in broadband. And it's interesting to me when people say there are silos of knowledge or silos of expertise even within the community, right? And um, they don't talk to each other don't realize there are certain opportunities. They don't see that there are certain technologies. They don't see that there are certain solutions for uh, issues. Um, part of my, what I recommend to to teams that are working on broadband is you got to do a certain amount of um, silo busting. You basically need to break down a lot of these silos because you know churches and and schools are where a lot of people meet and to then tie in, you know, uh applications that that can help their uh people who are dealing with strokes or, or heart attacks or you know, other kinds of disabling uh situations um you know, they they need to be part of the the solution in one way or another. Right?
2: Yeah, I I agree, and and you know, just like you know, with everything else in life, you need to take a more holistic approach to how you solve the problem. And for for stroke rehabilitation, you 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 want to obviously work on on motor recovery, uh, help them uh, regain function and, and so forth. But it's more than than just giving them a product and asking them to do movements. Uh, it, it's about getting them involved in community, getting them, it, you know, outside of the house and out and talking with people. And then, if you can also form a community where you're talking with people who have gone through it, I think the the balance of that uh, really makes the difference between someone who ends up being depressed and does not, you know, really improve after their stroke, to someone who feels empowered and can really continue to, uh, uh, be a part of society, a uh, functional part of society.
1: Right. And I, and you know, I see things, you know, I've had people on the show talk about, um, you know, the, the, the prejudice that certain people have toward rural areas, uh, Urban areas, low income areas, and so forth, where they think the people are just there uh, using the internet to 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 watch videos, mu- music videos, and porn and stuff, which I find you know very distress distressing because it's like people haven't realized that the the people who are in the, like the low income brackets, the people who are isolated, they need this type of technology more in some respects than the more affluent communities and the bigger cities and so forth and there needs to be a thinking a readjustment of people thinking and and what their uh, values are because um you know this this broadband technology is not just a you know a way of watching kitties you know, and dogs. It's just like um, you know, there's serious work to be done, and you guys are an example of this kind of you know work that needs to be done in more places. Um, you know, I'm big. I'm big. I'm a big fan of. Um, oh, by the way, I, I, before I forget, um, now I've used the. Uh, so I've used Music Love makes sense. It's awesome. I love it. Thank you. Um but how does this work? How does your technology work with um leg stuff because, you know, that's half of, you know, what I work worry about is, you know, my walking, going up and down stairs, you know, dealing with, you know, that part of things. Um do you have like a a, a compliment to the music glove for your foot or you know how how do you address that issue?
0: Yeah, I mean, in a sense, you've uh, you've read our minds. So um, <laughs> okay. it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's something that is uh, we're not quite ready to uh, pull the curtain off of it yet um, and and debut it. But yeah, we're we're working on a technology right now that we're we're very very excited about that. It's basically that. So yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, we're, we're really excited about music, but it's focused primarily on rehabilitation of the hand. And, mm-hmm. you know, rehabilitation is a full-body effort. Um, that was our, our goal with FlintFit is that one thing that we could do is that is um, an avenue where you can do balance exercises, you can do leg exercises, and we've built all of that out. Um, but we also want to have technology like the music gloves that can sense those movements. So FlintFit is great for motivating them, and we have this other tool coming out. We're hoping it'll be out in about um, the summertime um, mm-hmm. that will be able to, to sense, uh, different types of leg movements and arm movements, um, and so we'll we'll be in touch with you, and I, I think you'll be very excited about it. But yeah, I mean, you're you're thinking in the right direction, and, and
1: we're trying to move that way as quickly as we can. Hmm. Um. I'm I'm sort of jumping around a lot, but uh, I, I, I you know it is what it is. Um. But uh, so I'm working on this report about libraries and broadband. And what's interesting to me is that libraries have gone light years beyond the stereotypical place where dusty books are kept and these matronly folks come in and tell you to be quiet. Um, and, and people are creating and they're inventing and they're creating maker spaces and all that kind of stuff within the library Um but one of the things that like Santa Monica Library has is the human library. So they create a situation where people can one-on-one have a conversation with someone who might be at a uh, cop or a funeral director and, and so forth. Now, the value of what they do is the personal I- interaction. So you do all of this at the library. But to take it and add another dimension to the the service is if you now have a um expert corner similar to you have the human library you now have the human library digitally to get to, to get one-on-one type of uh, advice you know my my you know my aunt has a uh, has a problem she just had her <clears throat> hip replacement or whatever but the 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 libraries seem to be willing to push that envelope of the one to one communication and I would imagine that um you know the people who both use and benefit from your technology would see that that use in the library or that creation of a an expert corner um would be would be um, much value to that. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, so uh, in fact we're we're again thinking down the same train of thought as you and one of the things that we we're going to be integrating into Flintfit is the ability to ask a therapist a question. Um, and th- this awesome. feature will be coming out, yeah, within about a month or so. And essentially the, our community page on FLINT, that we want that to be a source of education, a source of interaction, um, but also a source of professional opinion. And And so currently we are able to, you know, the, the, uh, users of the site are able to communicate uh, amongst each other, but we think that adding that layer of having professional opinion uh, involved in, in the discussion is very important. And, and I agree with you completely. Um, we we will have users who, who have thoughts, uh, and that's extremely important to share, but also to have the professional opinion of clinicians and therapists answering questions that a lot of people may have all-in-one
1: location i think is very valuable mhm well i think definitely that is what the um the, the the libraries are are pushing um another thing that they're 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 doing which is interesting is that they're creating um digital branches of the library right so um they will make a deal with uh, some number of, of companies, right, and say, you know, for your company, uh, we'll create an internet intranet connection, so that in your company's, um, you know, where where I don't know HR drives it or whatever, um, where people can go and get library books or resources from the library directly delivered to their intranet, right and uh again i'm looking you know and say well if if the libraries do that in sort of you know in a very aggressive way you know you know this this experts corner can be part of what the library distributes um on those uh company intranets right so that you know i'm moving, i'm going back to work and you know, I've just had some some healthcare issues and so forth. Well, now I know that I can go to the lib, you know, to my uh, internet. I don't have to worry about getting all the way, you know, getting in the car and going to the library. Um, I can now have, in essence, that service of the library dropped into my office, and I think that that again kind of keep, carries out this idea. Of you know a community where you're you know making these connections between uh you know the average person and and an expert of one sort or another and in fact uh one of the one of the people um uh, one of the uh member uh the audience members talked about or uh, about um uh, creating mentoring programs well you can have you know career mentoring but you can also have healthcare or wellness mentoring as well and then drive that process online.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and I think one one really exciting thing about, about the internet is that not only can it be used
2: to deliver,
0: you know, like you said, in the library model to deliver this content, but it can also be used to host that content so that um anybody can go and access it. And mm-hmm. one thing that, that we've been really working hard on over the last year that we're really excited about is if you go on our website, which is uh, www.flintrehab.com, um, mm-hmm. you, we have been, uh, every day we've been posting a new article on stroke rehabilitation, um, education, and prevention. And with these, we, we decided to do this simply because we realized that the Internet gave us a platform to provide high-quality information to people. And so we don't, you know, we don't charge for it. It's not like we, you know, we're doing it as a, as a separate product. We just wanted to take all this really valuable information that we knew people were looking for and, and give them one place where they could go and find it. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, we're, you know, really excited about the ability to do that effort. And, and you know, it's not just us. But on, on our blog, we'll often link to other people that are writing and creating this content as well. Um, just so, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, that are kind of working on this, and it's really encouraging to see.
1: Mm-hmm. By the way, we're, uh, we've are we got about uh, eight, uh, seven minutes or so. Um, so we're gonna have to kind of wind it down. But one of the things I know was, uh, like I talked about the the conference I went to about ten years ago, and they were, you know, at the beginning uh, stages of um, talking about telemedicine. Uh, one of the big concerns is the different state laws that govern what things you can get reimbursed for like say from um uh, uh MediCal or the state equivalent of that. And then you also have live uh, insurance companies themselves that have a very um you know I think adequate, antiquated way of dealing with you know states uh issue or something that happens in one state being able to be um reimbursed by to someone uh on another, in another state. How do those kinds of rules and regulations or restrictions uh how do they affect your service do you think i mean um because you you can you can have your technology in a rehab facility, but if you start offering that to people that may not be in the the rehab um place what 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 would be the i don't know the end result of all that
2: Sure. And and you're right. The the situation is a mess. And it was a mess ten years ago and it's still a mess. Um, but <laughs> <Nice> realistically <snow. laughs> uh realistically what's going on is that the insurance companies like to follow Medicare and Medi Cal and uh, you know, the, the state reimbursement programs and they use that as a precedent. And currently the the type of things that Medicare likes to cover are things that'll take that'll bring people from the clinic or from the hospital and we'll send and, 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 uh, we'll bring them home. So for example, uh, assistive devices like a wheelchair are covered because they need people to leave the hospital. And, yeah. and uh, and so, uh, but unfortunately for, for things like the music club or FlintFit, fit, you know, these are people who are, who may be 80% there. Uh, they, they, they are able to walk, they may be able to walk or they they may be able to function by themselves, but they're they're nowhere close to being able to be where they were before they had the stroke and unfortunately, those type of devices the restorative devices are not are not currently being covered uh mm-hmm. for the most part, mm-hmm. and our response to that because our our mission again is to not only empower the clinicians but to empower the individual is to try and offer things that are affordable enough where uh, you, you don't necessarily need insurance or reimbursement, and in fact maybe cheaper than the copay that you would be paying for uh, even if you did have insurance. And so, for example, FlintSbit is just $9.99 a month. And, and again, that's something that is way cheaper than what the copay would be uh, if you were to go to see a therapist. Um, and, and I think that by taking this approach you are able to help a lot of a lot of people without having to play the game of trying to get the reimbursement and waiting, you know, ten or so years before that type of product. And unfortunately for us it's 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 not about the product, it's about the mindset of what types of products are covered.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay it's a you know, very interesting um you know situation i think that people that are kind of knee deep in the the broadband technology need to look around and say you know while we're at the same time we're trying to get rules and regulations to try to get uh you know facilitate the building of these networks we need to also um lobby For changes or streamlining of the regulatory environment so that people can use the net more effectively. You know, like that, you just can't, you know, as you mentioned before, you know, we can't just be head down into one aspect or just the technology aspect of it. There is a political uh, side and there's a social side, and we've got to address them all in some way at some point. I mean that's
0: yeah mine definitely. So
1: and,
0: and I think that um the nice thing I mean the really amazing thing about, about what broadband connections and internet does is that it allows us to do those things in parallel. So if, if for example we were trying to do what we're doing now ten years ago, we we would we would be stuck. We would have to first go through all that regulatory sort of process because you know, the, the burden of delivering the kinds of technologies that we want to people would, would be so high that we couldn't do it unless it was something that was approved by insurance. But now with Internet, we actually have the ability to go out and, and circumvent that and say, okay, we'll still work on trying to change the, the mindset of the insurance companies and, and you know, the, the state insurers. But until that happens, guess what? The Internet lets us just go out and do it. And, and people don't have to wait another day to start getting better. And so that's really what we've been focusing on is, is to say, okay, insurers, figure it out, but in the meantime, we're just going to go help people. And and the Internet and, and broadband is, is what's enabled us to do that. So, you know, we definitely, the, the technology has been a
1: huge asset to us. Okay. We've got about a minute, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. There is an interesting point point, um, one of the guests brought up is that there's a durable medical equipment exchanges so that people can reuse equipment um, such as, as yours. And I think that uh, people need to look that on, like look go on Google or whatever, and hunt those down, because that'll be another way to kind of help what people are trying to do. Uh, but, but gentlemen, thank you both for giving us some time. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next uh, iterations of your, your technology. So, so thank you very much for being here.
2: It's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much, Craig. Yeah, thank you
1: for having us. No worries, no worries. And to our audience, thank you very much for um, for being here again. Um, We'll be having more shows coming up next week. Um, So definitely bookmark us. Be our place. uh, Be the place where that you go for getting better broadband uh, information and direction. Have a great day. Thank you.